All right, welcome to a special episode of Piecing It Together. Uh, today we're actually going to be sharing with you a episode of another podcast called Set Lusting Bruce, the Bruce Springsteen podcast. Uh, I was recently a guest over there on the show twice, actually, for two episodes. Uh, the first one was kind of a general episode, and the second one we talked specifically about our favorite uses of music in movies, uh, specifically like songs being used in movies. And I thought it was a really fun conversation and something that you guys would like to hear. And I do encourage you to go check out the Set Lusting Bruce podcast, which you can find on any of the major podcast apps, especially if you're a fan of Bruce Springsteen, you should be listening to it. Um, but uh, I also thought it would be a fun thing to include here on Piecing It Together. And so what I'm going to do first is do our usual spiel, remind you guys to Subscribe to Piecing It Together on whatever your podcast app of choice. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, and most of the big podcast apps. And you could rate and review us as well. And we'll be back with another regular episode real soon here. But first, let's take a listen to me and Jesse Jackson from the Set Lusting Bruce podcast talking about our favorite uses of music in movies. You are listening to the fun-talking, hard-rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Lusting Bruce. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. But today is a B-side episode. That's right. We get off the Bruce Springsteen train, and we do a discussion about another musician, or in this case, a genre of music. Joining me is a return guest. David Rosen is here joining me. David was here a couple weeks ago talking about his podcast. We had such a great time. I said, David, we got to do another podcast. And he was nice enough after my begging to say yes. How are you doing, David? Doing great. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, so for those of you who have not heard the first podcast, tell us a little about yourself. So I'm a music composer. I compose music for uh, films. I also put out albums of instrumental music. And then I uh, have two podcasts. I've got the Bird Road podcast, which is like uh, politics and news and comedy. And then I have Piecing It Together podcast, which is about movies. We take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, we talked about when you're on here before. I think that's really interesting to um, exact. For example, Skyscraper, you know. Towering Inferno, and then yeah. um, Die Hard, and then, you know, what all parts of this, and, and not in a bad way, uh, you know, the cliche always, you know, it's Die Hard on a boat, uh, right, you know, right. that, no, 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 this could mean the, you know, sometimes a movie can be, rise above what the cliche discussion of it, it can be just something really special. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's there's nothing wrong with being inspired by by great things that came before you. I mean, everything has been in one way or another. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so as we were talking about, I said, hey, David, I want to talk again. And maybe we could do a crossover episode. 
And um, David has, I'm sure, many loves, his family mm-hmm. and everything. But two of his main loves are movies and music. And I said, hey, let's put that peanut butter and chocolate together. And why don't we have a discussion about some of our favorite musical moments or songs that are in movies? We left it very generic, kind of wide range. And you said yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, movie soundtracks are a uh, – they're such like an important thing. And I mean, their score and then their songs, both are equally important, I think. Um, But there's a lot – that we could, I mean, really, we could talk forever about this. There's like so many amazing uh, moments of music in movie history. And, uh, you know, as we get into it, I, I will mention that one of them was a big, big influence on me specifically just in just getting into music uh, when I was young. So, but we'll get to that when we get to it. Yeah, I, um, you know, I... <laughs> Uh, Tom Hanks once said in an interview that, um, you know, growing up in his house, if a John Wayne movie was on, you watched it. If an Elvis movie was on, you watched it. You Mm -hmm. know, and I remember I'm old enough uh, to remember going to see a couple of Elvis movies actually in the movie theater. Um, And they were, um, you know, uh, some of them were really, really bad. Um, there, in fact, most of them were, but, um, I remember a lot of, uh, you know, there were also some good moments on there and, and I know, um, growing up, you know, when you would, you would start watching MGM musicals and you'd go, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Yeah. You know what they're doing. Um, so, um, I want to ask you, but I'm going to, I'll go first. What I did is I said, okay, without doing a lot of thought, not Googling top music moments, mm-hmm. right offhand, what are movie moments that are musical that you come right ahead? And, uh, you know, three or four came immediately. And then last night, um, when I knew we were going to talk about this today, I had two more show up at the last minute. And I went, oh, okay, I'm going to get rid of one of those and put those. How did you make your list? Yeah, most of these uh, just popped in right away as soon as I started thinking about it. Um, I will say up front that these are all songs. Um, We could practically have a whole separate conversation about score score moments. Um, But all of mine that I listed for this are songs. I'm not sure how you did it, if you did all songs as well. Um, I, I have one score. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of my favorites. Okay. Um, the rest of them are song moments. Okay, cool. Um, one of the things that um, didn't make my list, um, but I is it almost did, is the um, Castaway, the Tom Hanks movie. You know, the first part of the movie, um, before he leaves and on the plane – you know, there is no score. Any mm-hmm. music is played from an actual – there is a device playing the music. Right. And then on the island, there's no music. And then when he gets off the – you know, he builds the raft. And when he escapes the wave, that's when the orchestra comes. Yeah. And that is – I, 
is a beautiful moment to me. That's wild. Yeah, that that's it's a really cool moment, and and it's a it's a great example of how powerful it could be to not have music for large portions of a film and then just bring it in and really, really take you away. Absolutely. All right. So you did mostly songs and these were, um, did they mean a lot to you or just, these are things that just right away and you said, okay, we're going to talk about this. I know what I want to discuss. Yeah. Some of them are ones that actually mean a lot to me. And some of them were just like, hell yeah, that's awesome. You know, when, when, and it like stuck with me all this time, you know, as, as a moment in a movie where the, the song choice was just so great. Okay. Um, all right. You, I'm going to let you lead off. All right. Cool. Well, um, I might as well get this one out of the way first. I was just kind of mentioning it there a couple of minutes ago. Um, this is the one that took me from someone. Uh, now, I, I was born in 1980. Uh, and so I think I was 13 at the time, 12 or 13. Uh, and this took me from music being something that, you know, I, I liked music. Who doesn't like music to a point? But to it took me to loving music and like starting to obsess over artists and collect albums and collect different, you know, groups and stuff like that. Um, that moment was the head banging scene in Wayne's World to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Perfect. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, oh. It is, it is almost, I mean, it's perfect. It is just <laughs> everything about it. Um, that did not make my list, but it could have. Um, it's, such, it's such a fun scene, and it so encapsulates the whole movie, but it's also just awesome. And it also, uh, it kind of, in a way, I mean, not to get too precious here, but like it kind of bridged a gap, you know, generation wise, brought like younger kids into classic rock, you know, like myself at the time. Um, and it, it's just awesome on so many levels. Yeah. Um, I remember I was, you know, when Queen hit, I was still in high school and mm. I remember hearing that Bohemian Rhapsody on the AM channel that, you know, my little local station and was just amazed that, uh, you know, this, this mini opera and, you know, what the heck does it mean? And, and just, you loved getting it. Ooh, good <laughs> boy. You've set the bar high. Nice, um, nice. I'm going to go with my first one is my one score one. Um, I have no idea why this brings me joy, but um, the the film Love Actually, mm-hmm. by the way, I could have picked um, God Only Knows at the end when they play that over the scenes because I think <laughs> that is an amazing use of the Beach Boy music. But there is a scene where um, they've had um, – it's toward the end of the movie. They've had the kind of everything's gone crazy on the Christmas show, and ja- Jamie is flying to meet his girlfriend uh, you know, in the other country. And there is um, – I had to look it up, but there is this soaring – and it's the Prime Minister's Love Thing by Craig Armstrong. But there is this beautiful music playing, and he goes, and you know, he says he's here to marry his daughter. I want to ask your daughter's hand. And they, then there's the other daughter, and they're all walking, and all these people are following him and everything. And they ah. get to the restaurant. I just – that music helps sell that moment, and it just lifts me that – 
it's just so beautiful and so romantic and it, it just um I, so that was one of my always think of and in fact if love actually is on and it's close to that i will stop what i'm doing and just watch that scene i think most people if love actually is on will just stop and watch <laughs> like you know it's kind of a Hard movie to switch away from. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact cue, but like I, I'm pretty sure I remember the piece that you're talking about. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a great movie. And uh, what you're describing, it definitely I, I have a, a, a memory of it. And I it kind of makes me want to go watch it again <laughs> uh, just just to uh, be completely reminded of how great that is, because I'm sure it's an awesome moment. All right. Next. All right, so my next one, uh, this one is actually a tie, uh, and this is one of my favorite uh, like movie soundtracks that's, as far as songs is concerned, uh, and that's The Big Lebowski, uh, which is filled with a lot of great music, but like the main standouts, of course, are uh, Just Dropped In to See What Condition My Condition Was In by Kenny Rogers and Bob Dylan's The Man and Me, um, which are both so classically used in that movie. Uh, the scenes are... Just the, I mean, the Coen brothers are like pretty much my favorite filmmakers to begin with. But uh, the way that they use those songs just really just brings out everything within that movie. Um, so funny story. Um, I had not seen The Big Lebowski um, like even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, we talked about my friend Tom. The last time we talked, but I was at a comic convention and there was a guy next to us that had um, prints of um, the dude and they were just selling like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I asked my friend Tom, I go, Tom, why are these selling? He said the Big Lebowski has this cult following that is just <laughs> you won't believe how many people love it. And so um, – so for a while there, we've gotten away from it, but we had movie night with um, my wife and I and then two of our closest friends, Denise and Andrea. They are uh, sisters, and the four of us would pick a movie that three of the four of us had never seen. And we would watch it and then just just enjoy the movie because there's all these great movies that you've not seen in the past. You know, mm-hmm. and um, and none of us had seen the Big Lebowski, and uh, we said, okay, we're going to watch this because for some reason that was something had come up that got us doing that, and it is really silly and funny yeah. and interesting, <laughs> um, and so I think that and yes, some great music, um, even though he hates the Eagles, uh, <laughs> yeah, it it just it's so well done. Um, great use of music. Um, absolutely great choice. Awesome. All right. So for my geekness, I grew up loving, um, comic books and Superman. And I certainly could pick, uh, John Williams theme still makes me, uh, smile every time I hear it, but I'm going to pick amazing grace on the bagpipes on Wrath of Khan when they're burying Spock. (laughs) When Scotty plays those bagpipes and then they move it to the full orchestra, I just, it just brings tears to my eye. 
every time. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I love Star Trek and I, that is by far, you know, if not, it is in the discussion of the greatest Star Trek movie of all time. And so that is just a moment that I find great satisfaction in and one of my top music moments. That's awesome. I'm sure uh, a lot of the nerds who listen to Piecing It Together would appreciate that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're next. All right. So uh, this one is the only one on my list that is actually also the theme of the movie. Um, the rest of them are all just existing songs that were, you know, fitted in. Um, and this one's kind of silly, but it's still, it's just so awesome and left a la lasting mark on me. Uh, the Ghostbusters theme by Ray Parker Jr. in The Ghostbusters. Such a classic song. It is such a classic song, and it is um, a massive hit. Um, it, it immediately captures the moment. Yes. Um, you know, it, it captures the the silliness of the movie. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, and it, I, I remember once in an interview with Ray Parker Jr., he's like, if you notice, I never say Ghostbuster. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and when you listen to it, he doesn't. The chorus says it. Right, that is, right. That is great. <laughs> um, so my next one, and... Um, I, there is a lot of great music in Almost Famous. Mm -hmm. um, his um, Cameron Crowe's kind of self-autobiography um, and um, a lot of great music. But on the bus after the fight and you hear Elton John's Tiny Dancer. Oh, great moment. And when they start kind of singing together. And then all of a sudden, you know, the whole bus is singing along. And um, it, it just is a a great use of a song and moving it. Uh, I just think that's um, something pretty special. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like a magical movie moment. <laughs> you know, it really is uh, so, such an amazing moment. Absolutely. All right, next. All right, so my next is another tie, um, uh, but this one's actually from two separate movies, so I guess I'm kind of cheating here. Uh, <laughs> but it's two moments of uh, dancing that just kind of came out of nowhere, and they're probably maybe not ones that you would expect, I'd say. But um, the first one is Napoleon Dynamite uh, to Jamiroquai's Canned Heat, and the second one is Ex Machina. Uh, to uh, Oliver Cheatman's Get Down Saturday Night, uh, which I actually had to look up the name of that one because I didn't even know what the name of that song is. But it's such a great moment, Oscar Isaac dancing to that in the middle of this like incredibly dark, amazing movie. Um, but of course, Napoleon Dynamite being such a ridiculous movie, but such a triumphant moment. Um, they just really, they use dancing to really bring the movie to like a whole nother level so to speak um and really move things to the next step yeah um you know obviously growing up um you know watching john travolta and staying alive and you know right. you know that's but the the idea that they are dancing and the and the uh, as you talked about the triumphant the neat about it is um really a cool moment a um 
the idea that you're you've got your actor and and the movements and the sound um yeah that that's a great great choice yeah there's lots lots of examples of that throughout cinema of just like breaking into dance you know and it's just like it just brings things like so up so upbeat regardless of where the characters are at that moment it's fun yeah um so my fourth one is a movie i i don't know how many people have seen this um there's a movie called grace of my heart and it is a kind of fictionized version of carol king um and um uh, alina douglas plays the character who is based roughly on carol king and she is a songwriter in the Brill Building. And what was really slick about this is they got um, people from that generation to work with modern composers to write songs for the song track. So okay. they're all you, they're all original songs, but in the style of the girl groups in the '60s, or mm. you know the Beach Boys in the, the '60s and these things. Well, um, Bridget Fonda plays a heartthrob named Kelly Porter, kind of a um, Connie Francis or a, a Shelley Fabre, um, maybe a. Um, yeah, and and so she's um, they they need to write a song for her, and mm -hmm. they're having trouble writing the song, and they realize while they're watching that Kelly Porter is a closet lesbian, mm -hmm. that her assistant they see them fighting, and it's very clear that she is in the closet because this is the 60s and she's a pop star. And so they write My Secret Love is the name of the song. Mm -hmm. And it is this torchy um, ballad from the 60s uh, that, um, you know, that it sounds like you know, we have to hide, you know, um, it's love has never been easy for me. Can't you see? I've always been lonely. Faith, it seems like a mystery. Girls like me have to hide our heart away. If mm. we could only live one day without the need to hide away and tell the truth to everyone how I live for you. And you hear this song and you know that the audience listening are thinking that, oh, she's loved with the wrong guy on the tracks and her parents don't <laughs> understand. And um, it is, but when you know what it's about, um, it is, there's a whole other layer and it's a beautiful song and a beautiful moment that um, that is the audience. You get the double meaning of the song. Sure, yeah. And it it just is one. It's a really good song, and it's just a really cool moment of film. I, I strongly recommend. 
Um, if you don't want to watch, Grace on My Heart is a good film, especially if you like music. But if you, um, it's worth Googling and getting at least that uh, kind of clipped of it to see. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever actually seen that. But before I move on to my next one, I just wanted to mention that that brings up a good point. I feel like we could do a whole nother list of uh, songs being written in movies by the characters. Um, there's there's a lot of great examples of that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, maybe my last choice. <laughs> OK, we'll see. Uh, all right. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, my next one, um, another one from when I was probably around 13 or so Uh and that is Terminator 2, Bad to the Bone by George Thorogood, um, which was just such an awesome moment in action movies. Terminator 2, I will always defend as the greatest action movie of all time. I don't care what anyone says. And that song absolutely lends itself to uh, the greatness of the movie. You know, this is a perfect example of it became a cliché. Mm-hmm. And it's good to use that now when you see little kids or dogs walking around. But at that time, and I remember um, I had never seen The Terminator, just had never. And mm-hmm. Terminator 2 was coming out, and a guy I worked with, Doug, said, hey, you want to sneak out and go see it? Yeah. And so none of the bosses were at work. We went. We went to an afternoon showing didn't tell anyone and watch Terminator 2 was I cannot explain to someone how amazing the special effects were oh, I had yeah. never seen anything like that before absolutely and um, and and how badass Arnold is oh, and total. It just yes I, I definitely agree with you. It, one of the greatest action movies in, in the world and such a filled with great scenes and emotion. And yes, that scene with that music, that is just awesome. And it probably wouldn't work today, but it works so well back then, yes. you know, and, and it's just great. It's yeah. still so great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my final one is um, I obviously my listeners know how much I love Bruce Springsteen and um, you know uh, Streets of Philadelphia is amazing um, but I picked um, one of my other musical heroes um, Brian Wilson um, okay. a couple of years ago they had a movie Love and Mercy which was based on his life. And uh, if you haven't seen it, I think it is one of the best movies about creativity. There is um, – they show a lot of scenes with the Wrecking Crew uh, rec- you know, yeah. in the, the studio, and the story is they hired musicians, not actors, to play those characters. And so they actually – um, said, okay, we're, this is what we're going to do, and they would be actually like musicians playing that. And so there's a lot of creativity, a um, lot of great scenes in there. But at the very end of the movie, um, the actress who is playing Melinda, Brian's wife, 
looks to John Cusack, who is playing Brian Wilson, and she says, now what? And he smiles, and the opening notes of Wouldn't It Be Nice came on. (laughs) And if you know Wouldn't It Be Nice, wouldn't it be nice if we were married and we could spend the night together all night long? It is absolutely beautiful. Uh, It morphs into Love and Mercy, where the actual real Brian Wilson, they show him on over the credits, him singing Love and Mercy. Um, Truly a scene that makes me smile and tear up every time I see it. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I've actually never seen it, and I've heard such great things about it, and I probably should watch it one of these days. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I really recommend it. As much as you love music and as Mm -hmm. much as you love the composing part of it, I think you would be – Really, really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Um, anything that didn't make your list that you may wanted to give as a um, shout-out? Sure. Well, I did actually write down a little bonus one here just because of your podcast. I wrote down The Wrestler uh, from The Wrestler, which <laughs> is such a great song. I, I've always loved that that song, and I love that movie. Darren Aronofsky is one of my favorite uh, filmmakers. It is such a good – my only problem with The Wrestler – is um, if you see a one-legged dog, a one-legged dog just does not make sense to me. How does it stand <laughs> up? Um, but I, except for that, it is an amazing song. Uh, Mickey Rourke is wonderful in this. Um, there is so much pain oh, and yeah. sorrow in that. Um, yeah, it, it, great, great stuff. Uh, my kind of bonus is... Um, the scene in Shawshank Redemption where he plays the aria. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, when you know he locks the door and he takes this. It's a Mozart aria and La Naz da Farjaro. I, I can't pronounce it. But, you know, <laughs> where he plays it and you, they're just screaming at him and screaming at him. Yeah, yeah. And Morgan great. Freeman say, I don't know what that lady was singing. But for that few minutes, I did not feel like the walls were around me. Um, A great musical moment uh, that, you know, is it needed for the story? I don't know, but it certainly adds to the story and adds to the flavor. It certainly does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Gosh, this was quick. But this was fun. I, I, I just I grew. And I do think it would be interesting. Uh, we'll have to do this again where we kind of talk about um, movies about making music. Um, yeah. You know, because like um, um, the Buddy Holly story, you know, they played their own instruments. And there's other, right. you know, um, Johnny Cash's autobiography. And then, of course, the, you know, tongue in cheek parodies of those kind of movies so yes yeah. absolutely i'm yeah. glad i didn't mention one of those because i almost did i'll yeah, save no, it for next time all right very nice <laughs> um david thank you so much for joining me again tell me uh if our listeners want to reach you how can they so you can find piecing it together at piecingpod.com and in all the major podcast apps and on social media at Piecing Pod. And you can check out my music uh, by davidrosen.com. And my newest album, A Different Kind of Dream, is available on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else music is available. 
Awesome. I am at um, Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. I am at Set Lessing Bruce on Twitter as well, the show. You can reach us at Set Lessing Bruce at gmail.com. Uh, please go to iTunes to rate and review our shows. We greatly appreciate it. It is how we find new listeners. Uh, David, this was a blast. I appreciate you taking time to visit with me again. Um, you are welcome anytime. And if you, uh, if you need a guy to talk about an old movie or maybe even just give me some answers, I'd love to guest star on yours sometime. Absolutely. That would be a lot of fun. All right. Well, for now... Thank you, David. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Set Lusting Bruce, a podcast that is part of the Southgate Media Group. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to keep this brief. Uh, just remind you guys to rate and review Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app of choice and also check out the set lusting bruce podcast you can find set lusting bruce on i believe all the same podcast apps that we are on so go check them out uh lots of great conversations about bruce springsteen and a bunch of other stuff as well like we just did there on that uh that episode that i did with them so uh that's it for today we will be back soon with another episode and as always i'm going to leave you with a piece of my music and uh actually I totally forgot I had this, um, but this is a uh, kind of a joke song I made for this one project a long time ago, and it's a somewhat, uh, a little bit Bruce Springsteen-ish song. Uh, it's very ridiculous, very silly, um, but hey, I'll probably never get another chance to play this on the podcast, so I think it's kind of perfect. I'm going to leave you with this track called Future Folk, and um, enjoy, and we will talk to you guys soon. Dumb and stuff in the water, is it me or is it summer hotter? Seems just like a few years ago when I last saw some trees, good thing we got rid of them all. To rid our planet of the killer bees It's just a shame that I can't get that sweet tea no more We used to get it all the time From an Amazon store Placing orders in my shopping cart But we don't got no cows no more Said King Bart Just before we put it ends To that rotten slavery Well a guy with a long brown hair He said that he'd be saving me Can it be that it was all so easy? I remember when a day was 24 hours and the cops would help you find your dog and nobody had superpowers except the guys in the graphic novels eating at the House of Waffles before they made it international. Those days were irrational. Celebrities on my currency. National emergencies. Actually, when I think about it, sometimes my memory's clouded. But there's gotta be more to learn we still don't know how fire burns or how many times the earth is turned into a flaming star child and all points west 